This is Dune Talk, a DuneNewsNet.com production. Join us now for the latest Dune news, reactions, and lively discussions. And we're back. The full crew is here with a brand new episode of Dune Talk. If you're tuning in for the very first time, know that this is the official show of DuneNewsNet.com. Here you'll find news, reviews, and interviews on everything Dune. And if you've been with us before, welcome back. Simon, have we have any news this past week? Uh, well, Marcus, funny that you should ask. <laughs> There's a little bit of news. Not much. We got a poster. We got some beautiful Vanity Fair photo. And we got this little two and a half minute video called a trailer. It wasn't even called a teaser <laughs> trailer. I don't know. I, I think we have news to talk about. It's It's been a while. I mean. Wait, I thought... did, did I miss something? No, just those. <laughs> Nothing special, you know. No, no so, so for, for real now, <laughs> super excited to talk about the Dune Part 2 official trailer that was released on May 3rd. This is Marcus Gabriel, your editor at dunewsnet.com. Hey, this is Garen. So good to, to be with all of you and be with the boys today to talk about this official trailer and all the other good stuff that's coming out. I'm so excited. I just wish it was November, so I'll have to be patient. Yes, thanks everyone again for joining. Great to have everyone back. It is very eventful, as we have already alluded to. Really excited to, to dig in and hear some thoughts, share some thoughts. And as Garen said, just November, got to live in the moment, but uh, would love Dune to come out right about now. So uh, yeah, really excited to get started. Only six months away, boys. It's like half of a year. We can do this. We, we've Never been so close. You know, my grandpa used to tell me all the time back in January, like, I would be like, Grandpa, once Christmas? You've never been so close. So this one's for you, Grandpa. But so much news. Marcus, take it away. Dune Movie News. Okay, so before getting into all of our reactions on the trailer, as Simon mentioned, we've had some, uh, some other great visuals this, uh, this past uh, week or so. So quick recap. Uh, previous week, uh, Vanity Fair released their first look at Dune Part 2, so this included 12 new stills. Uh, we got some uh, fresh looks from the returning cast, so we saw Paul now with the blue eyes of a dad, and Rebecca Ferguson looking mystical with those facial tattoos, which, uh, as uh, Villeneuve teased, are um, connected to the prophecy. We also got that reveal of uh, Princess Irlan, uh, played by Florence Pugh, Lady Margot Fenring, uh, played by Leia Sedu, and Fade Ralta Harkonnen, uh, played by Austin Butler. And of course, as mentioned, that interview with uh, uh, Denis Villeneuve, uh, Timothy Chalamet, and uh, Zendaya uh, got some good insights out of that in terms of the direction of the of the movie, what what the tone is going to be, what what its main uh, themes are. Then, um, past Tuesday, before the tra uh, the movie's trailer was was released, we we got the official poster. So, I mean, that that's a stunning piece of art. I think. Uh, we, we won't talk in detail about uh, that now, but I know like a lot of people have uh, reacted very positively to, to that poster. We see uh, Paul and, and Chani, and we see the movie's tagline, Long Live, Live the Fighters. So I feel that you know really captures the, the feeling of, of Dune. Then on that same day, we got a teaser for the trailer. And there we saw, of course, Paul setting the, the thumper in the dunes. And then we saw you know all the main characters' uh, faces similar to that tease that we got uh, before Dune Part 1's uh, first trailer. So as usual, you can find complete coverage of these and all the other news stories on dunewsnet.com. Uh, but with that said, let's go ahead and dive into the official trailer. Starting with overall impressions and what was going through your mind when watching this on uh, Wednesday. Uh, Garen, how about you go first? Yeah, so the, the overall feeling that I had watching the trailer for the very first time was, and I'm really pleased about this, is it truly feels like it's the second half of the story. I didn't feel anything that was too far off from what I experienced in part one. Um, it, it, it literally felt as if the story is just taking off from the very end of part one. And, and that's really important to me because this is one story. It's two films, but it's one story. And I, I, I'm really pleased that, that Denis is making sure that that is clear to us. He had that from the outset. But overall, it felt like the Arrakis that I, that I know from part one. It felt the characters felt authentic and real from part one. 
So that's my overall impression is that it is an extension, a direct extension from part one. And I was really happy about that. I would say my initial feelings or thoughts watching it was that, and this was a very pleasant uh, feeling as well, was I was surprised <laughs> um, by some of the things I was I was seeing. And uh, without going into too much detail, I would say the, the main surprise stemmed from certain stylistic choices and decisions that I wouldn't have anticipated and was very pleased to see. And, um, and one thing in particular, I'll say, it just seems like Villeneuve is not holding anything back with this. I feel like he and Greg Frazier in particular, and just the whole cast and crew are just going absolutely all in. They know that they laid the groundwork with part one. They know that they've got an audience now and that they have more, even more star power, arguably this time around. Um, the marketing's off to a great start. So I think that they were really going to just go all in. And I think it, this could be weirder, a lot weirder than the first one, a lot more um, action packed as the trailer shows off. Um, I just think that this is everything that I think some maybe fans, especially book fans, uh, or fans of the Lynch film uh, felt like was missing from part one. I think they're going to get um, some of the things that they were looking for with with part two, just based off this trailer. I was pleasantly surprised the day before the trailer officially hit. I knew about that little teaser, but then I saw, you know, Paul with the thumper. I'm like, I don't want to see this. I want to wait until tomorrow to see the official trailer. And um, I was blown away. I mean, on I had a couple of alarms set on my phone to wake me up three, four hours before because I was like, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to just randomly go on social media and see it. I want to be there on YouTube. Uh, I agree with Garen. It felt like the Arrakis that we know from part one. It felt like Marcus has been saying, welcome back to Arrakis. And it is. And there's a couple of visuals where I was like, huh, Denis or Joe Walker, you know, whoever came up with those ideas. I was like, Interesting, interesting choices, but overall super happy. This is epic. I mean, we get to see Paul riding the the worm basically, and we we get to see that, especially those, those scenes at the at the end with uh, with with Paul standing above and like those uh, like um, whole, whole horde of uh, Fremen warriors, and then you you, you see the, the final final conflict with uh, with with Paul and, and Fade. I mean, the, the, there's like a lot of epic stuff going on in the trailer. At the same time, um, it didn't show too much if you think about it, because most of the trailer was um, the, the scene where where Paul is either preparing to or like getting onto the to, to the sandworm and getting guidance and people talking to him, people uh, cheering, and then that's intercut with with all these like quick different scenes from all over the movie. But if you think about it, we we didn't see like you know like a huge amount of different different um, scenes. So I think that's good in a way because there there's. There, there's a lot more that's going to happen in this movie. Like I'm assuming that the, the whole movie is uh, going to be, say, the same length as, as Dune Part uh, One or or even longer. There's just so much that that, that can can happen uh, in here, and we'll we'll get into that so in in uh, as we dig further into the trailer. Yeah, what I thought was interesting when you're talking about it, it shows a lot, but doesn't. Like you said, the whole sandworm part. I think is a good thirty seconds out of two thirty. And you got to think there's like at least five seconds in the beginning and maybe 10 at the end for the credits. So it's mostly the Paul riding the sandworm. And if imagine what we saw, and that was only 30 seconds, you know that scene's going to be a good at least two, three minutes longer than, you know, it's going to be kind of like the ornithopter scene in the first uh, film. I, I was blown away. And what I think is interesting there's still several main characters that we haven't even seen yet. Obviously, this was done by, you know, edited by a professional uh, trailer editor because what we're doing is we're establishing this relationship between Chani and Paul, which, again, that's how the first part ends. And now it has progressed. We've, we now see them together. Um, we can tell they're in a relationship and and that opening shot is just this almost very serene. They're just contemplating, looking out over the dunes, and then and then having that short conversation. But then we get all these flashes of these characters that we know and love from part one. So I'm already in a familiar place. But then interspersed with that are some of these new characters, and and I just thought it was masterfully put together, in my opinion. 
just from a fan standpoint. I love the Planchani opening scene when he's talking about water and how you just dive in. It just shows the innocence and where they're at also in their relationship. And it's just a sweet moment before, well, yeah, before stuff gets real. And it's just them falling in love with each other, getting to know each other. You know, I did want her to say Uso in the trailer, but we're saving that for later. Yeah, and, and uh, what I liked about that that scene with, with Paul and Chani sitting in uh, on the dunes at the, at the beginning is, like even though they're they're sitting on like a desert world that's at like a, the center of the universe with uh, you know like wars going on for for the, sp the spice and they're they're going to be have to be fighting for their lives fighting for uh, for for revenge trying to liberate the planet like it feels at least that scene feels really down to earth like it feels like you know like I think so many people can can relate to to that that moment and the, the way that they're they're talking about and you, you know like uh, the the affection and like the the playful uh, tone in the voice. I mean, just comparing to the previous adaptations where it was more, you, you know, really was out of this world. I felt now looking at at Dune Part Two and the way that uh, Dini has uh, approached this uh, this uh, relationship, it it does feel really realistic, and I think that's been a theme that we've we've been seeing uh, on ongoing throughout this movie. Uh, John, you were you were mentioning like uh, about the stylistic choices. Was there anything that really surprised you? Definitely. I mean, the two things in particular that are the most jarring uh, for good reason would be the black and white <laughs> photography that was for the, the what, we could, what we could tell is the gladiator scene for those that have read the book, which on its own, I was really excited to see them include that in the trailer. Um, but uh, just the stark contrast. And I just came from a screening of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which nice. was amazing. Everyone go see it. Um, but I saw it in the Chinese theater, probably the biggest IMAX, probably the biggest movie screen in the entire city and amazing projection, amazing quality. When they played that Dune trailer, first oh, off, lucky. Sorry. it is unbelievable. The fidelity <laughs> of the image and the contrast and the color vibrance, but those that shot particularly of the it, when it goes to like pitch black and then it starts opening up to the arena. Oh my goodness. It, it's chill inducing. And I'm so glad they did 100% IMAX with this movie. Cause it, it shows I, I've just seen the trailer once in the theater and I, I already can't wait to see more. Um, but the black and white was just very surprising. I love it. I think it looks very cool. And, and um, it's, uh, I think it's kind of a funny coincidence because there's never been any IMAX, um in film like hollywood productions imax that uses black and white um but then christopher nolan developed black and white imax film stock for oppenheimer which comes out in a couple of months and then now on the digital side we have villeneuve doing some black and white in uh with greg frazier on on dune part two also a couple months later so that's pretty neat but we can talk a little bit more speculate about that probably but then the other very again stark contrast um the uh, 84-esque uh, bright orange, like blood orange scenery and just a few shots that are in the trailer, two different kind of looking sequences, but that was surprising as well. There is also some more interesting use of color throughout the trailer. I'm just, I'm a sucker for that. And I know some people were complaining a little bit that, you know, the first one was a little too, um, you know, dark or that it wasn't, it didn't have much vibrancy to it. And I feel like this trailer, there's a lot more interesting pops of color from the makeup to the costume design um, to the couple sequences that I was just talking about. So that was really, really neat. Um, and just again, on a base level, watching it for the first time, those images flying by, those ones really stood out to me and, and definitely have me curious about, again, I have my own theories, but just curious to see in context what, what those are and, and kind of the motivation behind that. Also, let's not forget that the first one takes place a lot at nighttime. So that's why it was darker. When people are like, oh, it's such a dark movie. I'm like, well, yes, the tone is pretty dark. But they're like, no, 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 it's just a dark movie. But the battle on, you know, Eric Kane is during the night. And when Jessica and Paul are out, it's mostly night also. So it makes sense. I'm, I've heard mixed things about the black and white with the arena. I love it. 
threw me off guard. I was like, okay, first of all, he is totally shaved. His head's totally bald. Um, I kind of wanted the Mohawk. I'm curious to know what Garen thought of it because that's his boy. But I've also heard that people are saying, well, it's on Giddy Prime. There's no color. That's why it's so faded and so washed out. Or it could be a flashback. Who knows? Garen, what, what did you think of your your precious Faye Rafa look? I, I didn't know if I would like Austin Butler with that kind of look. I didn't feel like it would be menacing. I, I worried that it would be so foreign to me that it would be strange. But when I saw it, it just clicked. It was like, that's it. That That is the, the, the fear-inducing image and the way he screams and just the, I'm sure physically, obviously we, Austin Butler uh, is, is a very physical actor. He's very talented and coordinated. And I, I think that's going to come through, but in a very frightening, aggressive, deadly way. And so, yeah, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to actually go against what you guys are saying. I, I, I know that stylistically the, the black and white may be the, the whole Giddy Prime thing. I'm sure it looks beautiful and I haven't seen it on a big screen, but it, it doesn't, I'm a little concerned about it because it feels jarring. Like it feels like there's this style of, of Arrakis and, and the color scheme and the tone, and then suddenly it's, it's black and white. So I don't know, guys, I might have to be one over on that one because that, that was the one part I really didn't like. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the context of, of that. I wonder if it's just going to be that, that specific scene where, where they're, you know, because uh, Fate is also holding the, the, the white blade and, and the black blade. One of them is poison, one of them is not. But like with, with, with him, you don't really know which one it is. So it might be that they're, you know, going for this whole thematic uh, play with, with that, uh, that specific scene. But yes, spe speaking of, uh, of Austin Butler, it definitely has some, some range just in this, this trailer because like when, when you see him at, at one point, you know, like you, you think, okay, even though like he, he, he may be hairless, you know, he, he, he does look uh, handsome, uh, suave in, in, in a way, like compared to the other Harkonnens. But then when you see him in, in that arena and when you see him fighting, that, that like he looks like a, a beast, like you're more afraid of him than you, than you would be uh, afraid of Raban. I think it's really impressive. <laughs> I've always read Rabon kind of like the idiot of the family. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but just like, okay. The Baron's like, all right, nephew, I guess I'll give you this position in my my army. And I've always read Faye as like the chosen one. And in a way, he is the chosen one for the Harkonnens. You know, there were certain people that with the first movie, they're like, oh, it's a little too to tame some of the designs costumes uh you know are they going to diverge too much from the books like in part two i think there are just some people worried about how part two is going to approach some of that material and again everything i saw again some of it did surprise me like genuinely uh but in a great way because i was never i never had that concern but i understood it to some degree but this i feel like just again in this short uh, you know, initial trailer, we pretty much can put all of that to rest. I would say like, I think stylistically and, and from the designs, it just looks like, you know, Jacqueline uh, Walker, who who did the costumes, just, it looks like she completely elevated and went to like a whole nother level. I mean, from the stuff you're seeing with the Fremen in the trailer with Lady Jessica in particular, like you mentioned, um, some of the the Harkin and stuff like Austin Butler as fades is his uh, gladiator outfit that we see. Um, you know, we knew what the Baron was like because we saw him in the first movie and we also saw how they did some of the Fremen and how we saw, um, you know, the beast Raban, how he was made up. Um, but with this one, what Donald Mowat and, and his team have also done, I just feel like with fade i was also a little nervous about fade how that was going to come across um similar to what what uh you know garen was saying was you know how do you find that balance of being consistent and having it make sense from within the world of the film but also from looking at it from the outside and I, I could see it going either way once i heard he was bald i was like okay i'm gonna have to see it to really to get a feel for it but in just these few little shots that we got of Austin Butler, man, he is so good. <laughs> um, and 
I knew he was great, uh, you know, from Elvis, which was a film that I, I quite liked, but I thought he was just in another realm as far as, as that movie was concerned um, with how great he was and how committed he was. And this just looks like, I couldn't imagine a greater 180 from playing Elvis Presley, who is, you know, so as with Austin Butler in that role is so handsome and charismatic and, you know, has like a friendly, uh, you know, aura to him. And now he's playing like this complete psycho. He has no hair. He has, um, he's just entirely pale white. Um, and his, he has like black teeth or something. It's kind of hard to tell like what's going on there, but it's so far removed from what I would have expected knowing, just thinking of Austin Butler in my mind and just who he is seems to be like as a person and like how he appears in his daily like life. I think he's, he might steal the movie in some ways, just as, as such a great um, opposing position uh, with, you know, against Paul and, and Chalamet as Paul. Um, I'm, I'm really, really excited to see more from that character, probably more than anyone else, I would say, after this trailer. I agree with Johnny. I mean, what was it, a year ago when he was cast? I was the first one to be like, who? Huh? And then I saw Elvis. And it's hard not to think of him as Elvis, especially like the voice, everything. And it's a big risk when you think about it, because he is becoming kind of like one of those new heartthrobs. And going from, you know, the king of rock and roll to a bad Charlie Brown or, you know, Billy Corgan lookalike. But it's just so, like, dramatic and so awesome. And, like, I love him as a person. Like, I watched interviews with him. His Saturday Night Live was great. You know, him and Pedro Pascal might have had the best Saturday Night Lives in the past couple of years. But it's just such a jarring image you take Elvis and then you take Faye and you're like how can this guy be the same actor and I agree with you I think Faye Rafa will be the hit star of this movie you know we know what Chalamet can bring we know what Zendaya can bring we know what Josh Brolin you know everyone else I think Faye is gonna be the star you know Pew is becoming a household name now she's done a lot of stuff in the past year and it was great seeing her. And I also just love that she's like dictating her journals in some way. I was like, yes, because I've always wanted Frank Herbert to release those like books in the universe. So seeing that she's doing that and we got to remember everyone's kind of like a puppet for Paul, but she's also really intelligent and she knows her history of the known universe. Yeah, so we've we've already mentioned a bunch of uh, great scenes. So so let's think about uh, what was the standout, or what was like one scene that that really stays in your mind. Uh, I'm gonna do this so I can give you guys more interesting choices because um, I think this is, just, this is probably gonna be an easy easy answer. But the warm riding, um, it's a focal point in the trailer. There's a lot of great images that we've all discussed and, and touched on so far, but the worm sequence is kind of the centerpiece and I think we all maybe more you know some more than others had questions or concerns about how they were going to execute worm riding and just the integration of worms in the Fremen culture and their utility within the Fremen culture in, in this movie you know we've seen the 84 film we know how it was depicted there not the greatest most you know interesting visual um at least from my point of view and it obviously it's that was 40 years ago at this point so technology's come a long way um i was just very curious to see how they were going to bring that to the screen and bring it to the screen in a way that makes sense in the world that Villeneuve has established because there is a very tactile realistic feel to his dune and so I think the most fantastical part of the whole thing is maybe riding the worms. Um, and how do you do that in a way that isn't just a green screen mess and just feels so removed from reality? And I suspected how they might go about it, but to see it <laughs> brought to life, I mean, like ripped from the page or my imagination, you know, calling it with a thumper, getting the hooks ready. They're watching from a distance. He, you can see it approaching. He's running along the top of the dune and it looks so good. Just the, the, 
the long shots that they have at a distance and uh, the scale again is just so immense and, and well, well uh, realized. But then the key is again, the physical tactile reality of riding a worm. Like, what does that mean? What does it look like? And I love, they have him drop in like through the sand as it's kind of collapsing onto the worm and he, he latches on and it's, it's all brought to life. Like you can see everything and you can hear what's going on. It, there's no dissonance between, well, he's supposed to be doing this, or I can't really tell what's going on here, or that doesn't look very, very good. It all felt like it was one cohesive piece. And from him latching on to climbing and then throwing a hook and then, and, and then kind of getting both in his hands and, and leaning back, um, and like there's that triumphant kind of cheering from from Chani and then the look from Stilgar, I think, sells it so perfectly at the end with Javier Bardem, just like this awe, but it's not like over overplayed almost. It just looks so, so good. And uh, I won't say anything too specific, but there's a couple other things in this trailer involving riding worms and certain shots um, where I'm just like, damn, it looks so good. <laughs> just the way they've brought it to life with how the Fremen use the worms and uh, the, the transportation and uh, you know, just things that I don't, th don't think the audience that hasn't read the book would expect or really know about. Um, I think it just looks great. And they said at CinemaCon uh, last week, I think it was at this point, Chalamet mentioned riding the worms practically. And people were like, what the hell is that? <laughs> like some people are like, what does that mean exactly? But here you can see, I mean, they must have built sets and segments and, and portions of the worm for him to climb on and to stand on and to, to uh, sit on. So I think just the way they've gone about it has been so brilliant and it looks great. The colors are right. The, the VFX look really good. Um, again, I could go on and on, but it, it's a, and one other thing I'll say uh, to close off is I think I saw some people heard, heard some people say, you know, oh, wow, they're showing the worm, like, riding, like, they're showing Paul ride the worm, like, th that seems almost like a spoiler, like, I feel like that's such a big thing to show in the trailer, but I disagree for two, two reasons. A, you need to show people, like, they saw worm riding at the end of the first movie, you need to show, like, the, the natural evolution to that, which is Paul, someone, you know, we know Fremen can do it, but what about Paul? Like, that's the next step, that's a big part of how he gets into the position that he does. Um, so I think that's a great latch to get people with and just the spectacle and the action of it. You want to show people that part two is going to have more of that going forward. But then B, him riding a worm or learning how to ride a worm is so far down the list of amazing, epic, like things you would not expect to see in the second half of the story. Um, that doesn't bother me like whatsoever. Uh, so I think if anyone's worried about that, don't be, because there's a lot more where that came from is I guess is the message there uh, without going into to too much detail. So yeah, easy answer, but very, very good. And I thought well executed and integrated into a first trailer. I thought that was a smart choice. All right, I thought about it. Unless Garen wants to go first. Go for it. So it might surprise you, but one of my favorite scenes it's super quick. It's when you see the painting of Duke Lido just getting burned, kind of like there's no more Atreides. Like it could also be kind of connected to the scenes that we saw in the first film, but just kind of like they want to make sure that no one knows the name of Atreides anymore on Arrakis. Like it never happened. And as you know, spoiler for the book, uh, for the non book people. Paul gets a gift later that's very Hamlet-like, I'll say about Leto in the books. Um, I love that. And I I honestly think the the little quick tease at the very end of the final scene with Faye and him dueling, and I think just the Erlong stuff, you know, I was so happy to see her and there's a whole entire thing like who is she walking with is she walking with christopher walken because we didn't see him and i'm sure they're saving that for later but it's just such like so much visuals all at once and it's like it tells you a lot like you were saying about the warm 
but the warm is just only a fragment of what's coming. You know, even at the last scene, when you see him rallying the Fremens, that's only just a little portion. And I like that they're keeping the mystery because I've seen so many YouTube videos this past day of people going, oh my God, they're spoiling the movie. They're doing all this. No, this is this is just maybe 10% of what we can expect. So uh, the, the, the part that actually stood out to me the most, and, and I, I want to just acknowledge something that, uh, that Johnny said, the, the practicality of being able to go from Paul is, is not native to the Fremen, he's not native to Arrakis, uh, he's, he's a foreigner to this planet, and now he's become part of the Fremen, and now he's actually writing one of these things, like bridging that that suspension of disbelief i thought was really really important so so I, I i agree johnny that that was really critical uh that 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 be shown in a way that allows us to fully buy into uh paul being um who he the, the hero figure he's he's going to become hero um, yeah the, the, yeah a different type of hero um but the other part that stood out to me the most, and it's just a split second at 51 seconds in. What's that? Ornithopters. <laughs> Guys, I, I told I told myself I was not gonna mention the whole flotilla of coming <laughs> in. Okay. All right. So if no one's ever it, seen this show before, but I may have had obsessed. a bit of a tear when I saw it. So what I was saying is, if you've never watched our show before or listened, Garen is obsessed with ornithopters. Yeah, they're the, the ornithopters are the second most important character of this story, just so you know. Um, but the scene that I wanted to talk about was at 51 seconds in, and we see Lady Jessica, and we see her opening her eyes, we see her taking a breath, there's a little bit of blood on her, her nose, and because of a scene prior to that, you see something which I know to be the water of life. And what's happening there, which is absolutely critical, and I'm not gonna go into all the detail of that, that tells me though, that then there is going to be the continuation of the Atreides line with a daughter. And we saw her in part one. Uh, we're not gonna go into a lot of detail, but I'm glad that those two elements Paul being believable as, as uh, part of the Fremen society and being able to write a worm. And also we're seeing Jessica become a part of the Fremen culture and how she's going to actually become even more integrated into that. And that will happen through the water of life. So seeing that just brief shot, I was like, yes, we're going we're gonna to get the key elements that are so important to this story because had you not been a true fan of the book or the story, you might choose to go, whoa, that's so far out there. I think I'm going to hold off. I think I won't include that. But the fact that Villeneuve is doing that, again, just I couldn't be happier. It is such a crucial scene, especially, like you said, because it does introduce a, another character that's a big mystery right now. I've talked to Marcus for hours about it. How are they going to portray that character? And we'll talk about that character, I'm sure, down the line when we get into more spoilers. But that character is also so important if Denis or Legendary or Warner Brothers wants to do Messiah or Children of Dune. That might be one of my favorite scenes also, but I just, I love the image of Leto's painting just getting burned. Like this is the end of that bloodline. You know, I went back and rewatched the first two trailers for the original movie. And there's a scene, well, there's a line that Paul says, you know, they're taking out my family one by one, and that's what's happening, you know. And also, I kind of chuckled when she's like, well, your father didn't believe in revenge. And I was like, well, Paul does. Um, to, a couple of quick things to to piggyback on that. Garen, uh, to your point, and what I was wanting to mention earlier that got me really excited as well is talking about costume design, hair and makeup. All the stuff with Jessica in this looks so good um, for, you know, 
a number of reasons. Again, I won't go into like a whole lot of specifics, but just looks how you would want it or how you would expect it to look. And they're not shying away from certain elements. They're leaning into them. And uh, I think it's, again, those are some of the elements that are going to be surprising to some people that aren't, aren't familiar with the book or might shock them or jar them in a good way. Um, Cause it's not necessarily something you, you're going to anticipate or see coming. Uh, and, and I think that all the work they've done with that character in particular looks really, really good and exciting. And, also, with the other character you were talking about, Simon, um, you know, there is that that shot and that line in the trailer <clears throat> where it says, in the shadows of Arrakis lie many secrets. That's an, a line from Irulan. But as she says that, these many shadows or secrets in the shadows of Arrakis, it's the shot that's zooming in on this uh, little transportation of, of Lady Jessica. And she's secluded and shrouded and, um, you know, I'm sure she's not traveling alone. She has a lot of Fremen with her, but, you know, there may, there may be, you know, other people uh, with her or, you know, nearby. Don't think about that. Um, yeah, just one of many secrets, you know, things that people don't know about uh, off world. So that's going to be, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of things going on. And I, I think that those cool little, little nods and just some of the design choices and things that they chose to highlight here, like the water of life and other things, with Jessica in particular are really, really, again, exciting for me, but they look exciting on their own. But when you know kind of more about what, what that means and what's going to come, I think that that's where it gets really, really good. Yeah, it's, it's not one specific scene, but like I really stood out to me how they portrayed the Ben and Jethro's overall in, the, in this in this trailer, because as mentioned, we have Lady Jessica. She looks really striking with, with those uh, uh Tattoos, so so she's become like a religious leader of of, of the Fremen, like uh you know going go, going from um the house house of the Trades falling and then you know them fleeing to desert and and now she's you know one of the most res respected uh, uh people uh people among um uh, among the tribes there, um but then you, you have the introduction of uh, Princess Irlan and you see how how much power she has you know she she's there in in Kaitain and she's basically recording history and we know from 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 the books that. Uh, she's the one who who tells of the accounts of, of all these events that are going to happen on on Arrakis. So like she's she's the one who's who's basically um, yeah like t telling the, the story of of who who won who 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 lost. Uh, so there, there's a lot of power there. But then we also have uh, Leia Seydu as uh, Lady Margot Fenring, and she's like more on the, on the shadows. But she she's also like uh, enacting the, the Ben Gesserit plan, right? Because you know of course the you know the question is like is is Paul alive or or is he not? You know that that's that's uncertain to the to the other people in the in the universe at, at that time. So you see that uh, uh, Lady Margot she she's going for the the Bene Gesserit's backup plan. Okay, well if Paul is, is not alive, how are we going to continue that uh, that bloodline and and uh, continue the path to get uh, to reach the Quisat Hadrak? So it, it, you know it really shows shows the power of of the Bene Gesserit in, in all these different uh, important uh, posts in the in the Perium. Uh, that that in a way like uh, I know we're, we're talking about just a movie, but that in a way does make me excited. If like a TV show about the Avengers that just done right, that that would be really really cool. Okay, yeah, so definitely a lot going on in just uh, two minutes uh, twenty five seconds. Uh, so we're we're definitely going to be doing a, a full uh, trailer breakdown, going scene by scene. Uh, but to close off uh, for today, let's let's talk about like something that you you learned that was was new uh, revealed in the, in this trailer. Um, Simon, any, any thoughts? Why am I always the first one to go when I'm thinking about <laughs> something? Um, I think my first, the thing that impressed me the most and that makes me wonder is the black and white on Giddy Prime. What is it? Is it a flashback? Is it not? Is it how the film opens? Is it maybe Lady Marguerite like explaining that she wanted to go see Faye to the Benny Jesserits, that's that's my biggest thing that I've I think I learned. And also Austin Butler, hair or no hair, is a good looking dude. What what I learned is that they're gonna actually do this. <laughs> um like it's all been speculative up to this point, of course. And you know, going off of what we have heard and seen, the very little that that we've gotten. Um but to see the footage is a whole different animal altogether. And, you know, 
I really couldn't be happier with what we got. I can't I can't point to anything. And I mean, what is this? This is this is the Dune podcast, guys. Okay. Obviously, we all love Dune. We're we're marks for this, but if I saw something I was like, ah, I'm not crazy about that, or I'm not so sure what that's gonna be like, I I would mention it and I really loved everything about it. Like there's nothing that is like, uh, I don't know if that's gonna be like the right message or if that visual really is gonna work or these characters still a lot we don't know but i just feel like more confident ever like knowing that they're going for it big more epic like more visually outstanding especially with the full imax aspect ratio and and like the visual fidelity of that um the action the the hair and makeup like we've said the costumes bene Gesserit, fremen harkonnens it's just all really really like happening and you know we've just been thinking about it imagining it for so long now to actually see it on on screen is is uh really really exciting so um i hope it sounds like everyone has liked it for the most part but hopefully everyone listening feels similarly well i'm gonna just riff a little bit off of your your statement johnny um i think what i learned and this was something that again uh i read the book in Early in 1984, I went and saw it. I thought I saw David Lynch's film in the, in the theaters in December of 84. And even though I was so excited, and, and like Johnny mentioned, you know, technology was so was so much different back then. It still was just, it didn't connect the story and the vision in my head to what I was seeing on the screen. And so now, 40 years later, to be able to see Villeneuve's um, magnus opus in my opinion uh a, an experience that there isn't this jarring moment it's like even watching this trailer there was never a moment where i was like "Ooh, wait what was that <laughs> you know or or oh that didn't feel right or it's like the whole thing just felt in in an alternate universe real and so I'm just really looking forward to the fact that I can, like Johnny said, I can experience this for two and a half hours on, a, on an IMAX screen because I I learned from this trailer that Villeneuve is honoring that story in in a way that only he can bring to the screen. He he has a gift, we all know that, and he's using that gift to create a visual of this story that I've had in my head my my most of my adult life and so not seeing anything that that was off topic or or out of the realm of of reality of this universe um i just want to mention one other thing too there's a really quick just half a second shot and all it is is it's some sort of a machine gun firing and i don't know if it's coming out of a an ornithopter or, or what it is because it's so <laughs> But seeing that, again, is that other element of this is, the, the second half of that book is war. It's, it's epic war, right? So that is going to be honored and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be depicted. And that's what you guys, both Simon and, and you, Johnny, were referring to the fact that watching someone ride a sandworm is just learning how to fly the f-16 right we haven't <laughs> seen the dog fights yet right? right so so i'm i'm just pleased that the right elements were chosen in this trailer so that i would know that this vision is going to be done uh in a way that honors frank herbert's story i i love that f-16 analogy garen it is like you know it's like top gun maverick seeing them doing their training session being like oh they ruined the movie like Oh no. no, there's all the best stuff is is to come. Um, but one thing just that kind of came to my mind as you were describing your your own personal journey with it is, and we all know this at this point, but these movies, this new adaptation could have been so bad. <laughs> like these movies could have been terrible or if they had just tried to do one movie, it could have been terrible. I mean, if anyone other than Villeneuve had been hired to make Dune, it probably would have been one movie. Um, and maybe there would have been some pros or cons to that, that we're not getting with a two-part adaptation, but there's a lot of, I mean, Lynch obviously tried, did his best, but 
there was other opportunities over the years for other people to come in and make a Dune movie. And the fact that it all led to this and fell into basically the lap of arguably the greatest science fiction filmmaker of all time at this point, uh, when all is said and done, I mean, couldn't really ask for much more. And, and again, just to see and knowing the history and everything that we've come to at this point is just, it's really happening. And uh, I just think Dune fans, general audience members, you know, action movie fans, sci-fi fans, epic fans. Like I think everyone just really is going to enjoy like this movie. And again, this this is just a sliver of of really like what the movie is going to be all about and and what it's going to have to offer. I think. I can't wait to see one and two as one giant movie. You know, people always talk about the Lord of the Rings, how they're one movie. Well, these two are going to be one movie, and honestly, didn't. I've like I've said this for how many podcasts have we done and Denis we trust and you know Denis and Ridley Scott are the greatest sci-fi directors and Denis directed a Ridley Scott sequel in a way with Blade Runner 2049 but and what I was thinking while you guys were talking was this trailer as book fans we loved now, I've seen so many people also talk about it as non-Dune fans and just general audience fans. So I feel like it hit the book fans, it hit the sci-fi people, it hit the general audience. So I think overall, it's a pretty much win-win situation. And you got to think, this is only the first trailer. What we'll get in maybe three months or maybe four months when we get closer to the release date, that trailer might even be even more bonkers as more like promotional images come out, as we find out a little bit more about the whole story. And I can't wait until we go deep into the trailer and talk about spoilers, because there's a couple of scenes in there that are just amazing. And Johnny, thank you for making me think about that lady. <laughs> scene. Yeah, yeah, because you can tell based on just that shot, the way yeah. she looks, the way we know what that is what's happening there you know that's in that part of the movie you know yeah. most likely so yeah that's gonna be some good stuff there is a lot i know people were like oh they showed too much with the worm riding or i want to see like the emperor and like some of these other things i'm glad that they're like pacing that out holding back even fade austin butler is a new addition doesn't even say a word you know what i mean and then we only see him in that one scene, really, which is the gladiator scene. We have that quick shot with him and uh, Margot, Leia Seydoux's character. But outside of that, they really they didn't go ahead and be like, oh, here's Austin Butler. Here's Elvis. Like, everyone come see him. Um, it's If you don't know it's Austin Butler, like that he's in this movie, you probably wouldn't pick him out and say, oh, there he is. Which is, again, that's one of the things I love so much about what they've done with him visually. So, um yeah, it, I'm very well sated for the time being, I would say. And, uh, you know, I, I they can just go at their own pace and I feel really good. This was a great, from my own kind of media, like mind perspective, I thought this was a great kickoff to the Dune Part 2 marketing campaign. I mean, CinemaCon reactions with the press to the Vanity Fair cover story to the, um, you know, the, the poster, the teaser video, and then this trailer. I thought that they just hit all the right beats and, they clearly are going all in with this movie and as they should, I mean, this could be not only a much bigger box office hit than part one, but also potentially even bigger awards uh, juggernaut. Um, I mean, based on just what we saw and heard, I could see it winning just as many, if not more Oscars than it did the first time. So really uh, I, I think Matt, you know, I think we all are in agreement that kind of matter exceeded our expectations one way or another. So see Marcus, you didn't miss much this week. It was a quiet <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah so final thoughts on on what, what we learned so for me um one of the things that i've written about i think already several several times on on the side and maybe talked about um uh here as well is is how um actually the the book material for dune part two is is maybe only about like 25 30 percent of the end of the book because actually what dune part one covered that's that's already you know like 70 percent of of the book but that that's like last section of, of the book there's just so much happening it's just that uh you know frank herbert when he when he wrote the novel he didn't go in as, as much details but the, within those events there's there's so much to explore and uh looking at um 
well, one specific uh, character from, from the trailer, which is, uh, she's not a, a major character, but she did have her, her own um, on an announcement, which was uh, Suhela Yakub as uh, the Fremen uh, Shish uh, Hockley. Um, so she's going to be pl playing a supporting character, uh, but we see her a couple of times in, in, a, in a trailer. So, so one is when Paul is on, the, on a, sand, a sandworm, she's one of the ones who's uh, cheering for him. Uh, and we know that in the, in the book, she's the one, uh, or in the, in the book, it's, it's actually a, a man who is the one who hands uh, the maker hooks to Paul. Um, but then later on, we see an interesting scene, like it's also just, just for, for a moment where she's uh, kneeling on the floor and apparently captured by Harkonnen soldiers, right? And as, as we've all been alluding to, this is going to be an epic war movie. So it's not just going to be, you know, like Ryan the Worm and then one big uh, confrontation at the end. But in between there, there's, there's going to be a lot of intense uh, struggles going on. There's going to be uh, some really terrible losses uh, going on. As, as uh, Zendaya was saying, these are people who are facing immense pressures. So I think those give us a glimpse that you know, there's going to be a lot going on, that we're really going to explore the, the struggles of, uh, of the Fremen people and understand you know, the, the different uh, political factions around the galaxy, what, what's going on. So yeah, just uh, really looking forward to, to all that. Uh, so as mentioned, we are going to be doing um, an in-depth uh, trailer breakdown in one of our upcoming episodes, so, so look forward to that. Uh, but for now, let's uh, go ahead and wrap up for, uh, for this, this week. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us again. So it's great. I'm happy that we actually have stuff to talk about because it was that quiet moment. Uh, you can find me on all the socials at SDALDI. Um, I did a stupid little YouTube video of my reaction to the trailer, if anyone wants to watch that also. Um, I, I shot it with my iPhone. I was like practically awake, so it's not the greatest production, but hey, at least you get my first reaction. And I hate quoting Zendaya a million times, but this is just the beginning. Yes, uh, thank you all again for tuning in. This was a really great episode to come back with. and. I'm Johnny Sobchak. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Sobchak. And I haven't really been speaking too much on the trailer yet because I did want to wait and kind of let it all sink in and have this conversation with everyone. So uh, really great stuff. And I'm looking forward to as we have uh, the next episode coming around, we'll be talking more in depth and um, you can keep up with everything over there. Hey, it's Garen, uh, a Dune companion on Twitter. I really appreciate everyone joining us today. And I'm just excited to be back uh, talking to the to the guys here. I just I love getting into the details, seeing the different perspectives, and so we appreciate you joining us. And there's more to come. Yeah, this is uh, Marcus Gabriel, so uh, editor at Dunasnet.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Marcus is writing, and I'm also on Facebook now. And of course, you can find all my writing on dunewsnet.com. And yeah, we, we haven't recorded in, in a while, but uh, obviously with, with all the news coming out, uh, you'll see a lot more of, uh, of Dune Talk in the next uh, couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you all again. We hope you've enjoyed Dune Talk. Remember to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you know when the next episode drops. Stay tuned to dunewsnet.com and add us to your social feeds. Be the first to hear breaking news and reviews.